What's up, Rhythm Church? Welcome to Church Online. My name is Jeff, I'm the lead pastor here, and this is... I'm Erin, I'm Jeff's wife, and, and this thing right here is the favorite pastor's child, India Moores. <laughs> I don't know about favorite. <laughs> no, you're amazing. This is, our, this is my firstborn. Actually, right now, she kind of is my favorite because the other two... The other two did not come to today's filming, and so they decided to stay home. But they'll, they'll be in person with us on uh, Sunday. So this is a grand experiment right now that we're trying for the, the next probably several Thursdays where we're filming in front of a, a small live studio audience. So if you're at home and you're not ready to, for a larger gathering that we might have on Sunday, feel free to come on a Thursday night. You have to pre-register. It's for adults only. Um, because we, because we're recording, we can't have kids getting wild and stuff. Or if you're a wild adult, maybe stay at home <laughs> too, or something like that. But, um, but anyways, uh, we're glad that you're tuning in. Um, it's Father's Day. We love Father's Day. Absolutely. Father's Day is my second favorite day of the year after Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. And so, hey, dads, we have a gift for you. So if you are watching online and you want to swing by, I believe somebody's going to be at the church from, on Monday from uh, 2 to 4. And here it is. It's a koozie to keep your beverages cold. Some socks. I'm going to tear this up. Boom. Some socks. What do they say? Dad to the bone. Come on. But then they also say Rhythm Church. Yeah, Rhythm Church. Come on now. Boom. Come rhythm on. Church. Dad. Dad to the bone. Okay, I'm done. Those are amazing. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so dumb. Um, and, then, and then, yes, the koozie. I, I've really gotten into koozies because as the summertime hits, my LaCroix are sweating. And, and uh, a sweaty LaCroix is just not as good as a not sweaty LaCroix. <laughs> That sounded kind of creepy. Most things are not great sweaty. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, anyways, hey, some stuff to know is that, uh, babe, tell them where to go uh, for a website. I always mess this up. Go to the Rhythm Church website for any information that you want to know about the church. And it's myrhythmchurch.com. Yes. Yep, nice. Um, I don't know that because I just start typing in My Rhythm Church and, and then I clink. Yeah. So I, I never know what the web address is. But yep. visit us. You can get information on um, anything that you would be wanting information on regarding our church. You can also donate financially, mm -hmm. which is doing big stuff in the kingdom um, yes. because of everyone that is just opening their hearts and giving towards what we're doing here. So, That's right, MyRhythmChurch.com. Yeah. And again, we have worship on there, uh, so you can click on worship as far as so you can have church at home. We have stuff for kids as well. Um, and then knowing uh, that this weekend uh, we have no kids ministry at the church, um, we're working on getting it back, though, real soon. So stay tuned for updates on that for those of you guys who feel comfortable bringing your children. Again, we're going to take the most safety precautions for all of that stuff because we love your kids and we want them to be safe and we want them to be uh, taught about Jesus within a, um, a really encouraging environment. And so we're going to get that back as soon as we can. So, again, just keep updated uh, on, I guess, social media and emails and all that stuff. Okay. Now, before we get into the message... Uh, uh, the question that everybody's asking, and surprisingly, babe, they're not asking you. What? I'm not surprised. It's, it was wild. The thing that everyone wants to know is they're asking me, they're like, yo, um, hey, Jeff, ask your kids, how was last Tuesday's youth event 
because you guys kicked it off in person. It, oh, wow, I got two microphones. <laughs> I feel real special right now. Um, to the camera. Oh, to the camera. Yeah. Uh, it, it was absolutely fantastic. So if you are ages middle school to high school and you're not showing up to Tuesday nights, you're missing out because we had s'mores, we had Chick-fil-A, we had great community, we had an awesome little message from yeah. James, yeah. Um, and I'm not guaranteeing the s'mores and Chick-fil-A every week, <laughs> but I can guarantee the other two. And so yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend, just show up. <laughs> exactly, that was so good. Uh, the other two kids are gonna be so jealous because they've been wanting to be on this the entire time. Yeah. The entire time we've been on it. Okay, yeah. all right, love you guys. Right. We love you. Do I get a kiss? Of course you get a kiss. All right, oh here, will you take these two? Will you take these two? All right, Rhythm Church, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation, chapter number two, chapter number two. We're gonna read verses ooh, eight through 11, eight through 11 in the book of Revelation. Easiest way to find that book is just to turn to the very end of your Bible. It's the very last book of your Bible book of Revelation. Um, if you missed last week's message, be sure to check that out. I kind of give some background on what the book means, what's, what it's about, and it's just going to kind of help you as we dive into the series in our comeback season book of Revelation. Again, dads, uh, you don't want to miss out on the koozie and the socks. Um, it's while supplies last. Oh, and it's for dads. So if you're a dad, you can have it. This isn't for your dad, meaning like, I forgot to get my dad something. I'm going to go swing by the church and pick this up and give it to my dad. No, this is for dads of the church. That's good. There you go. Because there's limited supply. And, and us dads, we need socks and koozies. All right. Book of Revelation. Here we go. Chapter number 2, verses 8 through 11. And it reads... To the angel, again, now the angel just means messenger, so it's either the pastor of the church or possibly an angel that is kind of helping oversee the church in the heavenly realms. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life. It's important. Mark that. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Now, again, just real quickly, this idea of, of 10 days, um, it, it fascinated me. So I had to, to study it because I was like, okay, is it a, like, like 10 days, like is there somewhere in the rest of the book of Revelation? Some people get really deep into it, and they like go, well, there was 10 different names of this or 10 different cities of this, and, or and you take this number and you add it by this number, and then you get 10, and then that equals. Like some people get really wild within that. But there was also a thing, too, in this time, kind of like a, it was a, um, a, a Greek kind of saying, 10 days just meant a short time. It's going to be a short time. Or that there was a limited time to this. It wasn't going to be forever. So anyways, persecution for 10 days. And then Jesus says, be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt by the second death. Today in our comeback season, I just want to speak to you on this real quickly on this idea of heroes. 
comeback heroes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we get to gather in this place and that we get to gather in homes and, uh, Lord, that we get to have church together. Um, and so, Jesus, we just pray right now that you would invade every space and place that we are in. God, that you would speak to our hearts, our minds, encourage us, and convict us. Jesus, we love you, and it's your name we pray, and all God's people said, amen, amen. So, in, in light of it being Father's Day, um, uh, I've been thinking about my kids a lot. I just love being a dad. It's one of my favorite things in the entire world, as well as it being summer. Summer and Father's Day always coincide. Sometimes my birthday and Father's Day, it's been on the same day before, right, babe? Yep, it's been on the same day before. Anyways, um, we used to live in the Pacific Northwest region of the United States, and so um, uh, I love the beach. I've always loved the beach. And when we lived in Marysville, I would drive three plus hours when I was a young man just to go surfing. And so uh, every once in a while, our family would take a vacation and we'd go out to a, a city called Westport with an ocean in, uh, and another one called Ocean Shores. Again, about three hours from our house. Matter of fact, we're going to go there this summer. We're going to go out to Westport and hang out a little bit. Water is freezing up there and you have to wear a very thick wetsuit. But anyway, so one summer we're, we're up there and um, we were in Westport. We wanted to extend our vacation a little bit longer, so we went over to the city of Ocean Shores, a very cool city. And, uh, and we, get, um, we get to the beach, and it's a sunny day, and we set out everything, you know, the, <clears throat> the blanket. And my kids were like, what, India's probably like maybe three or four at the time. No, she was probably four. Was she four? I don't know. You probably don't even remember what I'm talking about right now. She's like four. And then uh, Israel was just a, like one and a half or something like that, just a baby. And Isla, again, was probably two. So we get out, we laid the stuff out. And then I'm like, well, I got to get in the water. I got to go surf. It's like my one time a year to surf. And so run to the car, put on my wetsuit, and um, grab my surfboard. And, and then I run back. You know, I, I meet the family before I go out in the water. And India's like staring at me. She's just like in awe. She's like, oh, what? Um, Partly because I'm so ripped that, like, I just look so jacked in there. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen um, the Batman costumes. Basically, that's what she was looking at. But because of that, <laughs> but because of that, she, she, leans over, she leans over to Aaron and she goes, is dad a superhero? Is dad, like, she was so enamored that, like, you know, because I had, like, on my super suit. You know, like, she goes, is dad a superhero? And um, we said, of course he is. Yeah, that's what he does. But I just thought, like, man, it was just so crazy because when, when you have little kids, your dad a lot of times is your hero if you have a dad around that's good, loving, and caring. And in our home, and this, man, kudos to my wife, in our home, she has a saying that anytime I accomplish something in the house or anytime I do anything, she just says, dad's a hero. Dad's a hero. Um, you know, if it's I fix something, Dad, you're a hero. If I went to the store and came back with what I was supposed to come back with, Dad, you're a hero. You know what I'm saying, Dad? You know, like, that's rare for that one. But, but it was just this, uh, it's, it was kind of just sparked in my mind this thing that, like, yeah, dads, we, we need to be heroes. Especially thinking about it on Father's Day, we need to be heroes. And heroes are those that stay true, they stay strong, and they put others above themselves. I mean, I, I think as a culture, we're like, you know, the movies show us that we're enamored with, like, superheroes and whatnot. And dads have the possibility to be that. But also, us as Christians, we have the possibility to be superheroes. We have the possibility to be heroes to our spaces and places in which we live, in the nations, in, in the cities, in the cultures. We get to be heroes. And, and the church at, at Smyrna was, were actually, they were known to be heroes. They were known to be heroes because... 
at the, in the churches at the time because they were a church that stayed strong. They were a church that put uh, uh, others above themselves. They were a church that stayed true. They were a church that stayed solid. They were a church that sacrificed themselves for the benefit of others. As a matter of fact, out of the seven churches, this one, I believe one other, are the only ones that don't get any rebuke or correction from Jesus in this. They just get encouraged. They just get encouraged. And so Jesus speaks to these, these heroes and, and, and in, uh, within this, too, Jesus uses language that they would understand and begin to identify with and that they would, they would be able to read further into. When Jesus says to them, he says, I'm the first and the last who died and who came back to life again. He's sending them a very clear signal, a very clear message about where it is that they're living in, in, in Smyrna. So th- th- this city, this ancient Roman city in the Asian area of Rome, um, was known as the city that died and came back to life. It was known as the city that was resurrected. Because at one time, the city was completely destroyed. It was completely wiped out. And then a couple hundred years before this is written, the, it, it came back. Like, they, the people begin to settle it again. They begin to build beautiful and magnificent buildings in this area. And because it was a port city, and again, along a trade route, it, was, it became very wealthy again. And so, in this city, you had very ornate, beautiful buildings. You had, um, uh, on top of this mountain that was in the area, you had all of these these beautiful um, buildings that were set in a circle that were called the crown of the city. You had um, um, industry. And it was also because this city wanted to get in so well with Rome. This is the first city that began to worship Rome as a god, that actually began to worship a nation as their god. Now let, that, let that just sink in for a sec because we're going we're gonna to come back to that in, in, in just a moment. And, and from this worship of Rome, they actually set up temples to worship Rome. And Rome, because they saw this, this favor and favor and favor to this city, they loved this city because of they would worship it. And, and then eventually that turned into emperor worship, to where now they had, they had a temple set up to whatever Caesar, whatever, whatever ruler of the empire, Roman Empire was at the time, and they would, they would worship those leaders as gods. And, and every year, every person had to, they, they called it burning a pinch of incense for Caesar. And that just showed that, you're, you're a, um, that you showed your allegiance to that, particular, um, to that particular Caesar and to the Roman Empire in general. And so you have this beautiful city. You have a, a whole city that is entrusting itself to a nation, worshiping the nation and then you have a group of people that are worshiping Jesus. You have a group of people that say, my trust isn't in the nation, but it's in Jesus. And Jesus says to them right here, he's, he says, hey, I'm just, let me remind you, I am, I'm, I'm the one who was dead and who came back to life. Yeah, your city's known as that, but I'm the real one. Yeah, your city provides a, a, a wonderful economy and whatnot, but I'm the real provider for you. So in this one simple statement, he speaks to the church, and they know exactly what it is that he's saying. We cannot get caught up into trusting ourselves to a nation, to an empire, to a leader, to an emperor who is not Jesus. We cannot do that. And the scary thing is, within, within uh, our, the world that we live in today, it's so easy for us to put our trust in the United States. 
Now, I love our country, and so please don't hear me. I'm not, I'm not saying anything like anti-America or anything. I love, I love this country. I believe that, I mean, it's got its flaws, and it's got a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed and stuff. And right now, a lot of that is, like, glaring and blaring within our face. And, man, I'm, I'm praying, and not only praying, but acting as well in order to, to see this stuff change and to happen. But we have to be those that are able to separate our nation from our faith. Because until our faith is number one, we'll never impact our nation with it. And too oftentimes what happens is, is, is our, our patriotism begins to impact our, our spirituality as opposed to the other way around. So Jesus says, I'm, hey, look, I'm the resurrection. I'm the one. And because they believe this so much, because, because this church believed this so much, they, they had such conviction they were so convinced that Jesus was Lord that they were outspoken about it. And, it. and it caused a lot of uncomfort for them. Their conviction was over their comfort. They didn't, they didn't care too much about being comfortable. They cared a lot about their conviction that Jesus was Lord. And because of that, they would be loud about it. They would talk about it. They would speak about it. They would, they would, <clears throat> they would act on it. They would, uh, Christians at this time... Um, they would gather together, just like we do today, like very similar. But a lot of times they were gathering in homes, just like we kind of have been doing. But churches were oftentimes in homes, and sometimes they would gather in larger, you know, uh, meeting halls and whatnot. And they would have church, and they, they, would, uh, they would have letters read to them from different apostles and so on and so forth. And they would pray for each other. But it's one thing to have church in the building, but it's another thing to be the church outside of the building. We can't just get caught up with having church in a building. We have to be those that are the church outside of our building. We can be church in our house. We can do church in our home, but we have to do church outside of our home. We have to be the church. We have to impact people. And, and the Christians at this time were doing this. They were, doing, they were going out, and they were going out, again, to those that society rejected, to those that society completely like dismissed, that's who the Christians would go to. They would go to the poor and to the destitute. They, would, they were the ones that reached out to the sick. They would go to the areas of the city that were avoided by everybody else so that they could go and that they could minister and that they could show God's grace and God's love and God's mercy. They did this over and over and over again. And because they did this, they began to get a horrible reputation with the city itself. And because they were those that would, would go and they, they would care about children. People didn't care about children in the Roman Empire, but they cared about children. They cared about babies. They cared about the down and out. They cared about the people that society said were worthless. They, they cared about the, the, the people that were other, sorry, others were prejudiced against. You hear what I'm saying? The church would then go to them. The church would stand up for them. The church would be the voice for them. And because the church was like this, they, they began to get a, a bad reputation, if you would, with the ruling officials within the city. And then other religious groups would join in on this. Other religious groups would see that, okay, like, look, if we start, if we start speaking out against these Christians, then we'll gain favor within the city. And so there was groups of, of, of Jews, and we just read about in here, that would begin to incite riots against them. You can read about Jews inciting riots against Christians in Acts chapter 14, Acts chapter 17, and it was no different here than in, in Smyrna. They would go after these Christians. They would do whatever they could to try to make them look bad because they wanted to destroy their, their reputation and destroy their name. Now, because of these persecutions, they started to lose jobs. 
If you were a Christian, you, you, would, you would lose your job. If you were a Christian, you were unhirable. Um, if you were a Christian and you were in government, they dismissed you. Um, man, uh, basically it led them into poverty. It led them into poverty because they cared about other people, because they spoke in the name of Jesus, because they wouldn't burn incense to Caesar. And that would oftentimes lead to their arrest. We'll get there in a moment. So Jesus says, look, I know your afflictions and I know your poverty. Like, I, I know what it is you're suffering and I know your poverty. But he goes, but you are rich. But you are rich. Because it, our, our possessions ultimately don't equate to our, our wealth or our prosperity. We put those together too often. But we have to understand there's a prosperity of the soul. That there's a wealth of the soul. And that there's a wealth that, um, of power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Look, I, I know your afflictions. I know your poverty, yet you are rich. Meaning you have something to give that somebody else doesn't have to give. Or you have something to give that everybody else doesn't have to give. It reminds me of, the, in, of this story in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, um, Peter and John, they're, they're going to the place of prayer. And as they're going to their place of prayer, which is a lot of times that, that, that that's what you would do as a, as a Jew, but now as a Christian, you'd still go to the place of prayer. And for a lot of times, being a Jew and being a Christian, we're so intermingled that, but by this time, it was definitely separated. But, so they're going to the place of prayer. And as they're going to the place of prayer, there was a man who had been brought there. He had been lame from the time of birth, and his friends would come, and they'd drop him off at the temple gate. And as people walked in there, he would just ask for money. He would beg for money. He'd be like, yo, can I get, can I get some? Can you spare some change? You got some dollar bills? Dollar, dollar bills? Do you have something like, can you, can you, can you, can you hook me up? And, uh, and, uh, and as they're doing this, he looks, at, he looks at, at Peter and John and says, hey, you got something for me? Can I have some money? Can I, can I get some gold? Can I get some silver? And Peter, Peter looks at him and says, look, silver or gold we don't have. We pour. But what I do have, I give to you. Stand up in the name of Jesus. And at that, and at that moment, he reached, he says, he reached out to his right hand and helps the man stand up. And the man stood up for the very first time in his entire life. He was healed. You may not have possessions, but you can have power. And, 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 I, and I wonder, I wonder sometimes, because we have so much, because, because we, we, we've, we have wealth around us and we have doctors at our disposal, we have these things, if, I wonder, I just, I wonder, I wonder because we are so into our possessions and because we're so into our wealth that we lack power just because we have no dependence on that, on Jesus. We, we ultimately, you know, we say, we, we cry out, I need you, Lord, but do we? But do we? So in their poverty, they were rich. And, I, and, and again, I wondered, like, do, would we see more miracles? And again, I don't think that we have to be poor to see this happen. I'm not saying, like, you know, well, we all got to be broke and, like, you know, living in a van down by the river. Um, although that's, like, cool now. Isn't that funny? Have you guys seen that? Like, that's, like, what everyone wants. Everyone wants to buy a van, and they all want to live down by the river. <laughs> Chris Farley was a prophet. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, where was? I? Okay, so I'm not saying we, I'm not saying we have to get to that that, that place, but 
but I, but I am saying, like, what's the posture of our heart? Is our trust, again, like we talked about earlier, is our trust in our nation and our economy? Is our trust in our possessions? Or are we trusting in Jesus to show up in our lives and the lives of other people? Are we rich in that way? Like, do we have great wealth in the spirit? Do we have great wealth in our relationship and our dependence upon the Lord? Without conviction, we will compromise in order to preserve our comfort. Without conviction, we will compromise in order to preserve our comfort. Because our comfort is important to us. We love comfort, don't we? I mean, I, I do. I mean, I'll be straight up honest. I, I, like, the thought of anything uncomfortable, I'm not into it. I'm not like, yeah, like, I hate working out. For all you people that love the gym, I don't get you. I really don't. I've been doing this workout video at home. I don't look forward to it. I'm not, like, stoked. I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes sweating in my living room. This is exciting. I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> but I'm 42, and I don't want to be old, right? So, like... But, but, but again, we, we, love, we love our comfort. We do. And sometimes that comfort causes us to compromise when Jesus is calling us to do something else. When we, when we felt the call to plant this church, as a matter of fact, funny thing. So I just, I just did a, a, a podcast interview with, um, with this Christian leadership thing. And they were like, why did you plant a church? You had an incredible ministry. You were at a church. They liked you. It was comfortable. You were set up, guaranteed a paycheck. Why did you do this? Because Jesus told me to. And I could have stepped back and I could have been comfortable. I could have stayed. But I believed that Jesus wanted to do something in me and through me, in this church and through this church, in my family and through this family, in the families that come here and through the families that come here. And so I believed that I was going to step out and I was going to be uncomfortable and I was going to be scared out of my mind and I was going to increase my dependence on Jesus like I hadn't been there in years in order to see something great take place in North County, San Diego, and to partner with other great churches that are in this community as well too. Why? Because this area needs to be reached for Jesus. Silver or gold, we don't have we don't have actually as a church we really don't have a lot of silver or gold but what we have is the presence of God what we have is the presence of God and that's the best thing that we can offer people James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith listen to this develops perseverance allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything, meaning the, 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 the trials, the sufferings, the things that we go through, we're, we're to consider it joy because it's going to produce something in us. The testing of our faith produces something in us. It develops a perseverance, which develops a maturity. I think maybe our church is, our, the Christians that we see aren't very mature because we haven't had to go through much or because we've avoided, avoided it. Um, we've equated maturity, in the American church, we've equated maturity with knowledge. If knowledge is not applied, it's nothing. Maturity isn't knowledge, it's action. You show me that you're mature by what you do. 
You show me your faith by your deeds. You, and, and, and in this, like, it's our faith is, is loving our enemies. It's loving those who persecute us. It's, it's loving the unlovable. Like, that's maturity in the faith. Study it. Dare you. <laughs> I dare you. It's so like a double dog dare you. I was dumb. Sorry. But, <clears throat> but this church, it'd be so easy for them to escape it. It'd be so easy for them to just burn a pinch, just a little bit, of incense to Caesar. One time a year, that's it. That's all they had to do, just one time a year. Just go and say, yeah. Well, they didn't have a lighter. <laughs> and the way I used the lighter, can you tell where I came from? So, so they, <laughs> flame, and my wife's saying, keep going, dang it. But just all I had to do, just burn a pinch, that's it. And just say, just show up one time a year. <sighs> Caesar, Lord, cool guy. All right, later, I'm out. That's all, that's all he had to do. That's all they had to do. And they would be done. But you could say, that's just a little compromise. It's just, just a little compromise. It just, just, I mean, I really didn't believe it, right? Just a little compromise. How many of us have just little compromises in our life? Just, it's not, it's. And if we don't have an eternal perspective, then a little compromise is no big deal. But the church in Smyrna, they had an eternal perspective. They understood that it's not just about this world. They understand that, that there is a spiritual battle that is taking place. Um, it says the devil is going to put you in prison. It's not Rome. It's not the Jews. It's not whatever. Like, it's the devil. The devil uses Rome and the devil uses the Jews. i got to be careful. I don't like it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, the devil uses people. The devil, like, in order to put the people in prison, the opposition that we face as believers is spiritual. Flat out, the opposition that we face is spiritual. What we're seeing in this nation right now, it's, it's spiritual. And we have to treat it as spiritual. But if we don't ever face opposition, we got to ask ourselves, are we standing for anything? Like, if the devil doesn't mess with you, and just let me, let, let me, like, let me clarify, you know, like, you stubbing your toe was not the devil. You know, like, I know some Christians hyper-spiritualize things, and they're like, I rebuke you, devil. You, you know, you, I ran out of gas. Yeah, I rebuke you, devil. You ran out of gas because you didn't get gas. It's your fault, right? But, like, but, it, but we got to ask ourselves, if we're not facing the opposition, have we taken any kind of, like, stand for the kingdom? Does the devil see you as a threat? Because he did the church in Smyrna. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary affliction is producing for us an eternal glory that goes far beyond comparison. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. And right now, side note, we're looking at everything. Everything is what we see. Everything is what we're watching right now. Every, like all this stuff in our, like, so when we're fixing our eyes on that, no, 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 not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but is what, what is unseen is eternal. 
we have to have that eternal perspective. We have to understand that this is spiritual. This goes beyond us. This goes beyond me right now in Oceanside, California. This goes beyond. It goes beyond you in Las Vegas, Nevada. It goes beyond you in Seattle, Washington. It goes beyond you. For those of you guys who are watching with us out in Hawaii, it goes beyond just your space and your play. It goes beyond that. It goes eternally, and it's spiritual, and it matters, and people are, are eternal beings, and we have a war to fight in order to see people come to Jesus to understand that grace we have. We have to make impact in other people's lives. And, and, and we, we, we have to get a little less sensitive, Christians. We take offense at everything. Man, I'm a, you think that way about politics? I'm offended now. You think that way about you know, race? I'm offended. Like we, we are getting so offended. We're called to overcome offense, and we overcome offense with love. We overcome offense with love. And the people that we disagree with right now, we need to love the most. We need to show the most grace to. In our, in, in, for our context, as I was writing this, as I was studying this, it's really hard for us to even really understand Smyrna. Honestly, especially as the church in the United States, we're able to meet, you know, like we thought we were persecuted because, you know, the state told us to like stop meeting for a while because of coronavirus. We're like, you can't persecute the church. They, they never told us to stop preaching. They never told us to stop reaching people. You know, we think we're persecuted because they took prayer out of schools. They didn't take prayer out of schools. Families took prayer out of schools. Your kids could still gather and pray at recess. You know, like we just... We thought, well, because it's not institutionalized, we can't do it anymore. We have to really kind of separate ourselves and understand what true persecution is. And while we are in this nation, while we do have a, a voice, while we do have abilities, while we can stand up for what is right, we need to do so. And when we can't, we need to do so. And then we'll suffer a little bit deeper consequences for it. But if we don't have a resolve built up already, we won't do it then. If you don't do it when it's easy, you won't do it when it's hard. That was good. I just came up. That was, that was good. If you, um, so he says to them, here we go. Be faithful even to the point of death, and then I will give you the victor's crown. Their resolve came from relationship. Their resolve came from relationship. They knew Jesus. They had relationship Jesus. Therefore, they would go to prison for Jesus. Therefore, they would die for Jesus. Um, I won't die for many people. If I'm just honest. Judge me if you will. But, I, you know, I like a lot of y'all, but I probably wouldn't die for you. <laughs> um, but my family, 100%. I'm saying, like, 100%. In a moment, I would. Um, but that's because my family's real to me. Like, I'm not married to an idea. I'm married to Aaron Morris. I don't parent a philosophy. I parent my children, and they're real. And so when it comes to a point in time when I might have to stand up for them, I would. And is Jesus real to me? Do I have that resolve? Or am I some that might just pinch? 
little incense, burn it for, for Caesar. It's a little compromise. It says, if you do this, I'm, I'm done, I'm sorry. I'm let, let your dads go barbecue and do whatever you're going to do today. But um, it says, I will give you a victor's crown. eternal life. See, in Rome in this era, what they would give their champions, what they would give their, their those that were victorious, their athletes, their winners, they would give them a crown. They would crown them. And that crown was made of leaves. A crown was made of leaves and it was like a symbol, like you're, you're a champion, you're a hero. It was the, it was the heroes of the empire. We would wear these crowns, or Caesar would come out with the crown of these leaves. But the, the thing about those crowns of leaves is that those leaves would eventually wither. And too many of us, we settle for a crown of leaves. Too many of us, we settle for the things of this world, and we wear them as a crown, but they wither. And Jesus is saying, yo, stick with me, even when it gets hard, and I'll give you a crown that won't wither. I'll give you a crown that will last forever. We need some heroes, people. We need some heroes wearing some real crowns, making some real impact in our cities, in our nation. It's time for the heroes to come back. And dads, I believe a lot of that starts with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you for this message. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the ultimate dad. You paid the ultimate price, that you love us, that you care for us, that you empower us. And so, Lord, I pray that as a people, as your people, as your children, we'd be those that stay true, that stay strong, that stick to our convictions, that do not compromise, and that unleash heaven on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, I love you. We'll see you next week.